Welcome to Two Cents FC. I'm your host, Amobi Okugo, with my guy, L. Each week, we'll be discussing topics from around the soccer world and giving you our unfiltered thoughts and opinions. Uh, this week is really special. We got top 25 players in the U.S. Men's National Team player pool, the shortlist for the 2020 Golden Boy Award, Puma's gamble on Neymar, a uh, lot to talk about there, and American investment in European soccer. Uh, this week, we're also joined by our friend of the show, who's been a guest of the past, Tyler Phillips. Tyler, how you doing today? I'm quite well, man. I'm in your beautiful city right now, and it's uh, quite well. No, nah, it's great. It's great. So catch us up, you know, since we uh, last had you on. Like, what's been going on? Yeah, um, I mean, I feel a lot, actually. Um, the biggest thing is I actually just stepped away from my current full-time job um, so I can concentrate on some of my, my passion projects and a, a new venture. Um, and some of the passion projects, I, we've worked with um, Zach Steppen's voice now to uh, launch kind of some, like, give-back initiatives in Columbus. Um, so it's been a busy couple of weeks. It's been really good, though. No, respect. That's that's what we love to hear. Um, and quick, because you're from Columbus, what you what are your thoughts? You think they're gonna get supporter shield? I know we spoke offline. Yeah, no. Um, I would say right now it's ours to lose. Um, the schedule is now definitely a little harder than it was the first time. But um, the team is deep. They believe they're getting to that point where they're in their groove. And a lot of the games we've been winning have been without our top players. So I think as long as we keep this team mentality strong. It's hard to lose, personally. I mean, there's no one right now that has the consistency that we've been playing with, to be honest. Okay. So I think I think they win supporters show, but then they choke in the playoffs, kind of like the, <laughs> the that is that is generally the curse. But for us, I honestly just want Champions League next year. I almost would take Champions League over MLS Cup. That sounds weird, but like I'm trying not to put that pressure on MLS Cup, you know? Yeah. Okay. It's a whole new season to get there. We'll see. We'll see. Nah. Who right. do you have who do you have winning it? Who do you have winning uh MLS Cup? Uh, Seattle repeat probably. I don't know. It's it's, it's weird this season. I, I feel like this season is a wash, you know. So yeah, yeah. That's, yeah. that's the other thing. That's why I feel like I'm not putting that much on them last because it doesn't feel like a real season. Like if we win it, everyone's gonna be like, your season was short or so and so wasn't strong. Like, um, we'll see. Oh, well. Yeah. well, yeah, we got a lot to unpack. Oh, us. Yeah, most definitely. All right, so like first up. Top 25 players in the U.S. Um, U.S. Men's National Team player pool. Um, so NBC Sports dropped recently um, their rankings of the top 25 players, top 25 potential U.S. players who are in the player pool. So these are players that you can, that um, Greg Berhalter can select from. Um, so the, the criteria here is the ranking is meant to illustrate who would be most likely um, to positively affect the U.S. Uh, men's National Team match, um, regardless of the manager or teammates. Um, health doesn't matter to the rankings. It's a current, if they're currently injured, it's not something that's going to drastically um, affect their rankings. Age potential experience doesn't matter either. Um, at least not that much. Uh, it's, it's how likely you are to contribute to the team if you're put on the field right now. So obviously, you know, Conrad De La, De La Fuente is a better long-term prospect, but you're probably going to throw Josie Outdoor on there. You know, on the on the on the field before you throw him on, right? So I'm gonna run down the list real quick, and then gonna get you guys thoughts on um, how you think they stacked up, how they ranked up. So number one on the list, obviously Christian Pulisic. Um, his previous rank was number one as well. Um, Tyler Adams is is number two. He's up from fourth. Weston McKinney is number three. He dropped down from number two. Um, John Brooks. Uh, 
He's number four. He dropped down from number three. Uh, Giovanni Reyna um, is up from 13. So he's ranked fifth right now. Jordan Morris, number six. Um, he's up from the eighth place. Uh, Serginho Dest at number seven. He dropped down from five. Uh, Josh, Sar- Josh Sargent um, is number eight. He's up from number 18. Zach Steffen, number nine. Um, he was number nine previously. Got Anthony Robinson from Fulham um, at number 10. He stays where he's at. Uh, Tim Way uh, is at number 11, and he's up from 14th. Then you got Tyler Boyd at number 12. He's up from 21st. Um, you have Julian Green uh, at 13. He's down from 12th. You got Sebastian Legit at 14. He's up from 25th. Um, Alfredo Morales is number 15, and he's down from seven. Uh, Jossie Zardes at 16, and he wasn't ranked before, so this is his first time on the list. Uh, Matt Miaska, number 17, he stays where he is. Uh, Cameron Carter-Vickers at 18, and he uh, he's up from 20. Darlington Nagby at 19, and he was, wasn't previously on the list. Reggie Cannon at 20, he wasn't previously on the list. Brendan Aronson at 21, he's also a newcomer. Uh, Matt Turner at 22, newcomer. Uh, Aaron Long at 23, a newcomer. Uh, Tim Ream at 24, he dropped down from 13th. And Henry Wingo uh, is 25th, uh, and he wasn't previously ranked. I don't even know who that is. Um, so where are you guys' reactions to this list? Uh, who do you think should be ranked higher or lower? Uh, Tyler, you can go first. Um, for me right now, honestly, like my big surprise is Robinson being that high, still top 10. Um, so I know he was out for a while with the, with the heart issue, if I remember correctly. Um, so to see him stick around in there, and it surprises me, especially when I feel like his last couple runs out with the national team, everyone was talking about how he was just like almost exposed every game. And it could have been just because of like the opponents as well, but I'm, I'm always surprised to see him stick around there. I think the potential is there. I just need to see... Um, games in and out from him at this new level that he's at. Um, that, that's my biggest surprise. I'm also like, I'm actually surprised that they uh, dropped McKinney down, you know? I'm, I'm, I'm thinking that he could have still been too, personally. Like, especially with his new, new days, he's starting for Pirlo, which that could be a whole other story. Uh, Pirlo is going to feel his way out, but I think that says something that he came in there, he's a, he's a late transfer and is starting. So they have plans for him. He'll be playing week in and week out, it looks like, so. Those, my, those are my two biggest that stands out. And then I guess I do have to throw to the Columbus guys. Um, Zardes, I think, like, I've, I've seen a lot of back and forth between the Josie and Zardes uh, competition. And in my opinion, they're such different players. It's, it's not fair to com- compare them. Josie's definitely a uh, more of a stand-up player. Um, back to goal, connects really well. Physical, obviously. Uh, Zardes is more uh, cerebral. Um, his movement gets you. He's definitely a let's finish off the movement instead of like working to make it happen. He his game has improved to where he he does track back, he defends. Um, but I'm just I just don't know if that conversation even should be had. I feel like they're they're just such different players and you can't just go with one or the other. It depends on what you're looking at. Uh, Nagby, I think is honestly right now the best American player we have besides Pulisic, but I don't think he puts on national team colors. It's up to him. If he has an open invitation, he just hasn't been taking it. 
Yeah, what you think of Moby? Yeah, there's. I think there's a lot wrong with this list. Uh, Nagby got to be higher for sure. He's top five. Uh, he's top five for sure. I'll put him probably at the fifth spot. Because uh, if uh, if I'm running a midfield, I'm putting him a deep line six, Tyler and Weston in front of him. That midfield's doing damage. Mm. Um, they definitely disrespected uh, U.S. captain Michael Bradley. I'm not gonna say he's like should be like top twenty. But you got Henry Wingo, who was barely playing for Seattle. Now he's playing in Scandinavia. He don't need to be no disrespect to him, but you got a player like Bradley. DeAndre Yellen's not on this list. Uh, that's a World mm-hmm. Cup, you know, veteran. Um, I know they said experience doesn't matter, but he's playing in the Premier League, you know, consistently. Um, who else do I would I switch around? Chris Richards. Um, uh, Chris Richards, young guy from Bayern Munich. Um, he's getting minutes. He's the top prospect. I'd actually put him over Cameron Carter-Vickers. I'd put him over Aaron Long. I'd even put him over Tim Ream um, in terms of someone that's going to help the team uh, right away. Uh, Matt Turner's a good goal, goal, uh, goal stopper. Um, the list is all right. Yeah. Uh, you, could, like, you could switch around some positioning. Like where is like they don't even, they don't even have Josie on the list. Like what kind of like I'm not gonna go into an international match. I'm not trusting Josie when yeah. I have Josie. Um, yeah, Josie's not on the list, and Josie and Josh are on it. That's a crime. Um, yeah, yeah, this list this list needs a lot of changes. I think there's a lot of hype on this list, and they and they said like the rules are age potential and experience doesn't matter. But you see this list. And yeah, you, you could tell there's some hype to it. I can see Sebastian Lozet on there. And I, I know he's been going up the Galaxy, but the Galaxy themselves haven't been good. He's just had some moments that make top 10. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. stuff. I don't see him as, I don't see him in the U.S. national team picture doing that day in and day out. That makes any sense, though? Yeah, exactly. Like, if I'm going yeah, to like, a World Cup or a Confederations Cup or something like that, I'm not picking some of these guys on that roster. Yeah, they probably should have named it like top twenty-five young players in the pool or something like that, or like yeah. you know, fringe players or you know, for the next generation or something. Exactly. I agree with you with that. Um, so speaking of young players, um, let's get into the twenty twenty Golden Boy Award. So if you're not familiar, um, this is an award for um, the best young player in Europe, um, and they narrowed down the list. It's always been a long list. Who who won it last year again? Was it uh, Zhao Felix? Or was he the year before? I believe it was Zhao Felix or Howland. Yep. I think it's Felix. Okay. I'm pretty sure. Okay. So um, so I have a short list. I saw this on Twitter, actually, like of the top five. Um, and it left number one and two off. So that'll be up for debate um, right now. So starting at five, we have Sandro Tonali. Italy. Uh, I'm not, I've never heard of him. I'm not sure who he plays for. Um, young, he's the young Pirlo. That's what they call him. The young Pirlo. Yeah. Young Pirlo. Yeah. Okay. Okay. We got Antu Fati, my countryman um, yeah. from Guinea Bissau. It says Spain, but he's yeah. from Guinea Bissau. We got <laughs> let it. Let it be known. Speak, speaking <laughs> of that, happy Independence Day to Guinea Bissau today. Um, then we got number three, Jaden Sancho, from England. And then who do you guys have for number two? Or we have two and one up for grabs. So um, 
Uh, Moby, I'll, I'll let you go first. Who, who do you have yeah. for one and two? So for context, uh, uh, Jao Felix won it last year. He won it. He beat Jaden Sancho. So I'll go him, number two. Um, number one, Eric Hallam. You know, he 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 came onto the scene uh, and did numbers. So I think that's how it's going to run. Uh, Jao Felix at number two. Eric Hallam at number one. Um, that's that's my pick. Okay. What'd you say, Tyler? Um, honestly, I'm, I'm going to have to say the same. Um, I feel like Sancho, like, lost out last year because of Felix's year, but um, I think he gets it this year if Holland just didn't come out of, like, almost nowhere. I mean, after the, the U-20 World Cup, he just hasn't stopped being in the news. Um, I think the one person I'm surprised that didn't make this short list was um, Davies um, to come from MLS and then to, like, step on step onto the team and then win this league, uh, their cup and Champions League and start pretty much almost all of it. And it wasn't like he just was just serviceable. He was doing work. I'm surprised he's not, like, at least top 10. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned Davies. He's actually oh. gonna be my number one. Yeah, he'll be my number one with the, with the type of year that he had. Champions yeah. League winner, Bundesliga winner. Yep. He was a he was a standout on that team. Impact yep. player. He did well. I definitely. Like, I don't. I don't know why he's not like in that top top at least seven, at least seven, twenty seven, at least. Yeah, I, you guys might be right. I might have to change my pickup. Nah, because <laughs> Felix is still eligible, right? Yeah. So nah. Wow. Yeah. Uh, yeah, boy, did work. <laughs> I yeah, I would go. I thought he would do. Yeah, I would go Holland two, Davies one. I I think at the end of the year, I think Holland gets it, but I think Davies one hundred percent is in the conversation. Like, so Davies hasn't got picked yet, or Felix hasn't got picked yet. Neither of them. Uh, no, yeah. Oh yeah. But you can't talk. But you can't talk to those three out. That's why I'm understanding like yeah. who makes this list. <laughs> <laughs> That's tough. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like I said, I found the list on Twitter, so it may have been just somebody's top five. You know, yeah. I may not be the official. Yeah. So we'll, we'll rock with it. So. Yeah, we'll go from there. All right, so next up, we got this this Neymar Puma deal. So Neymar and the landmark deal switched up from Nike, jumped over to Puma for the bag. Um, <laughs> he actually has the high. He signed the highest individual endorsement deal for a soccer player. Puma, so he's making roughly over 20 million a year, um, which is actually higher 20 million euros per year, which is actually higher than Messi's deal at Adidas and higher than Ronaldo's deal at Nike. Um, so you know, he's, he's leaving Nike after 15 years to become a marquee name over at Puma. So, who's most at risk here? Is it Puma giving that much money during a, a pandemic year, during a down year, or is it Neymar switching over to a lesser known brand? Well, it's not a lesser, lesser known brand, but it's not as popular. When it comes to Nike and Adidas, um, so who do you, who do you think I'm gonna go with you, Tyler first? I also think it's uh, Puma is the one that's taking the bigger risk. Um, Neymar knows his skill; he knows that he's gonna always be sought after uh, as long as things keep you know on directory that he's on. Um, it's Puma; they they needed that splash to catch up to the big two. Um, he provides that. Uh, I think what will be interesting is moving forward in this like post-COVID world, how do they activate it? Like, how do they activate his his partnership sponsorship? Um, I think that would be where we see how well it pays off. Um, as an individual, he's going to be okay. It's Puma and this, this unique opportunity to make Puma be back in your limelight during a time where, like, eyes are on the sport in a completely different way than they were 10 months ago. Um, that's, that's where I think it's at. 
Yeah. Say it, Moby. Yeah, Puma's t- the taking the risk. I mean, once Puma offered me that deal, if I'm Neymar, I would have, <laughs> I would have signed that thing so fast. Oh my goodness. Um, yeah. So for for Neymar, it's it's the right decision, you know. Until Messi and Ronaldo retire, he's always going to be that third guy. Um, so for him to go to Puma, it's like, all right, let me create my own lane. And I think Puma's betting on him to, you know, kind of be that guy once Messi and Ronaldo start to wind down. Um, I think they're really betting big on post-COVID. Um, mm-hmm. You got Copa America and then you got World Cup. Brazil's probably on the short list um, as being one of the front runners for the next World Cup and Copa America. Uh, so to have that global exposure is going to be really big. And I think they can do some really cool activations, like Tyler said. It just depends how they go about it and if they're strategic in what they want to do. Because um, Neymar is a global figure. Um, he's playing for PSG, one of the like most sexiest brands and clubs in the world. So um, they're going to be able to do some really cool things. Yeah, I agree. I think um, I think Puma's Puma's at risk only because of the money and because of you know it being a down year economically. Um, but I think it's a win-win for both of them. Like Puma gets gets the the needed elevation, Neymar gets to be the man, as he's always wanted to be, which is why he moved to PSG in the first place. Yeah. Um, I don't think he was anticipating Mbappe being there, but yeah. you know, it is it is what it is, right? Yeah. Um, so I think it's a win win for both of them. I'm, I'm I'm excited to see like what the team does over there if they can kind of like you know level Puma up from like a, a lifestyle perspective. You know, um, I know he's not he's not signed to Rock Nation or anything, but you know you got Jay Z and them over there as well in the building so i could see some collaboration happening over there yeah. as well isn't he also um nope 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 scratch that i'm thinking about his whole deal think about the whole mj thing but that's with nike okay. <laughs> no more nike can't say that around yeah. here you're done yep all right so um moving on so we're seeing we're starting to see a lot more american soccer dollars filtering into into europe european soccer as of lately um, wealthy Americans are pouring their money into European soccer. So to date, um, Americans own at least one fifth of the top teams in the UK, France, and Italy. So um, just recently, Kyle Krause of Come and Go Convenience Store, pause, um, just purchased the controlling stake in Roma. Uh, David Friedkin, an owner of a network of Toyota dealerships, recently purchased. Actually, he purchased Roma for um, six hundred ninety-three million. Um, Kyle Krauss purchased a controlling stake in Parma. Excuse me. Um, U.S. investor Joseph DeGrossa is in talk to purchase English English Premier League club Southampton for around $200 million. Um, so in, in the last 18 months, you've seen American takeovers of Italy's Fiorentina as well as Francis Toulouse. Um, so driving this slurry of deals is a belief that European soccer offers better value than the U.S. US sports market, according, according to Pacific Media Group co-founder Paul Conway, whose firm owns teams on the continent. Um, and to quote, he says, um, investing in American sports is very expensive and at high valuations. Uh, Conway also says, noting that professional baseball and basketball teams in the U.S. fetch at least $1 billion, fetch at least $1 billion as like a buy-in. Um, and DeGroza, who I mentioned earlier, uh, also mentioned earlier, also um, mentioned that he wants to build a platform model like City Football Group. Um, so he says um, he wants to create a football platform that can go public and attract institutional investors and get multi-billion dollar valuations. And he sees investing in Europe as that ticket in. Um, so what are you guys' reactions to this? Like, how do you, why do you think this capital isn't being poured into the U.S. market? 
um, especially when it comes to independent teams. So like I, 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 see, I see the roadblock when it comes to MLS and those valuations, but there's also another lane there. If these guys pour 200 million into, you know, a brand new independent team and help like help build Nisa up, um, that could be a whole other lane. You know, we have you can have big clubs on that side with stadiums, et cetera, um, and, and attract TV deals and you can kind of build it from scratch. So like, I think there's a higher ceiling there. But um, I'll, I'll let you guys kind of speak. Uh, so, Ty, Tyler, let me know what you think. Yeah, honestly, you hit on the nail there. Um, there's more flexibility and more upside. Um, MLS is still obviously growing. Um, but the single entity structure obviously like does kind of handcuff you a little bit the way that your money works in the league. Um, with these other teams overseas, your your entity is that team. So decisions you make can directly affect where your bottom dollar. That makes any sense. Um, and also with the the league set up in notoriety over there. I mean, you've got TV deals which are massive. You've got Champions League your team makes which is massive. The the upside is just way higher. The ceiling's higher over there and it just makes sense to do it. Um, I would love to see if MLS restructured somehow that that money could play a part in the US, but right now, if, if you're looking for your business, that's where you go. Yeah, it's just too many hoops to go through if you're you know, trying to build mm-hmm. in the US market. You know, building an already, already established team in Europe, you don't have to worry about, you know, building from the ground up. You don't have to worry about negotiating TV deals from the ground up. And there's more incentive in the sense of Champions League, Europa League, promotion, um, all these different entities that are already established. Uh, it makes sense for American investors, Chinese investors, uh, rich investors to uh, spend money um, in these organizations. Um, and then the, the, the fact that you can like sell and transfer players um, much easier and there's like an established like scouting system, um, it only makes sense. Like the only option I would do outside of it would be buy like a feeder team in like Portugal or France or like uh, Argentina or something where I can like just build like a almost like a factory and, you know, build a team up, sell, um, buy, sell, buy, sell um, over and over again. If U.S. had that, I think it would almost be almost as attractive. It's that buy sell thing. Like literally, it's not as easy to even transfer a player or procure a player in the MLS. It's, there's so many, it's just so many hoops to go through. If you see something attractive in France, you can just go out and make it happen as long as the dollar's right. You know, there's not much really stopping you. Yeah. So what I was about to say is, um, those are definitely very valid points. Um, but like we like we kind of mentioned last week when we had um, G Day and Evan on from uh, Maryland Bobcats. Um, the market is wide open on the independent side, like especially with, with, with what Nisa is trying to build. They're trying to build a pyramid, um, their own independent pyramid. So pro rail in, in, in that lane. Um, and they got a they got a nice little TV deal with BN um, to host their tournament. So I think there's there's potential over there. I feel like if it was the right right amount of investment, um, that, that could possibly be a, a pretty decent lane and also you can you know start developing those players outside of the mls system and still sell them off to europe you know still you know make money that way as well yeah yeah that is true that is true it's a possibility but you would need more uh more owners and more investors to get involved and not just be like a one-off unless you have like buku money and you're about yeah. to be like all right i'm investing in like four or five different teams and we're just going to mm-hmm. grow it from the ground up 
um, kind of like MLS did in 96 or 95, 96, but then have a whole different structure. So it's easier to uh, or quicker to grow. Um, it's going to be harder to maintain, but it's going to be quicker to grow. And that model, like you said, being able to invest in the community, um, buy and sell players, and then like negotiate without any hamstrings. Um, it, it, it would be good. I, I would, I like GD said last week, like if I had that money, I would invest in like a USL and meet the team way, way before an MLS squad. Yeah. yeah, for sure. So we'll see, we'll see how that pans out. Um, hopefully some of these guys, you know, begin to see the potential in, in the independent model and they, they start swinging some of that money this way because I think we could definitely use it and it, it'll definitely accelerate the growth of the game, you know, here in the country. Yeah. So, I mean, it's like of all the expansion too, I yeah. almost wonder like they have to be, you would think they'd have to be looking at a restructuring at some point because of people that want to come into MLS with money, but they get kind of turned off by the, the structures. I feel like there's going to be a restructuring in the next like five years. Right? It's got to be something because they're almost holding themselves back. If that makes sense. Yeah. yeah, you're going to see more groups get involved instead of like individual owners or yeah. individual investors, like private equity firms, like kind of how they're doing it in uh, Europe now. Yeah, that's 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 what the American companies are doing. It's like these private equity firms or like these these guys who have groups or leading groups going over there buying these Italian clubs and huh. you know, I mean, bro, like you're grabbing Southampton for two hundred mil. You can't even yeah. get into MLS for two hundred mil. It's crazy. And, South and Southampton plays in the top league in the country or in the in the world, basically. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like that's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy. And they could double their money just one run. All it takes is one year to make a Champions League. They could double their money or double the value of the team. Yeah. So, you think about it from that perspective, it's a no brainer, I guess. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It literally, like you spelled it out. You're just like, why would you even entertain it at that point? Yeah. Yeah. unless you're like L's been saying past episodes and even on guest episodes that we've been on if you want to invest the like the real estate play being in America like that's why some have tended to stay here and invest in MLS teams here because the real estate play around having a multi-purpose venue in a strategic city or strategic location um, is is a good investment long term. So who knows? Yeah, for sure. So let's jump into one of our favorite uh segments of the show, no card, yellow card, red card. Um it's a rapid fire segment um where we'll um kind of read off a couple of topics that may not have had the the full breadth or the full um full deep analysis um to be a main topic. Um, but we still wanted to touch on it. So and we'll use our our, our typical so- soccer rating system. So no card obviously is I agree with it. I'm cool with that idea or, you know, thumbs up for me. Yellow card is, eh, I'm in the middle. I agree or I, I don't agree. I can go either way. And red card obviously is um, foul. You're out. I disagree. You know, I'm not cool with it. All right, so we got we got three topics today. Um, first one, no card, yellow card, red card. Sergio Des in a potential move to Barca. No card. Barca calls. Oh, hence why you're wearing the jersey. I respect. I even I even see the game. Uh, yeah, there's certain teams. There's like uh, like five teams that call your name. And you just have to go to. 
It doesn't matter my capacity. Barca is one of those teams, so no card for me. Yeah, um, no card. I, I'll be honest, I, I love Barcelona. I kind of wish that he was going to Bayern. I heard they were in it as well. Um, and only reason because of just, we don't know what the fallout's going to be in a year when Messi actually leaves. You know what I mean, like the whole, there could be a whole just tumbling block of shenanigans. We don't know. Uh, and I, will, I wouldn't want a young American to be caught in the bureaucracy of it. But as Moby said, Barcelona, that crest is recognizable. You get your name on that. Nike, for sure, is like, please get on that today. Uh, so, yeah, no card. Okay. So, next up, no card, yellow card, red card. Frank De Boer takes over as manager of the Netherlands. What do you say, Tyler? Yeah. Yellow card. So, here's the thing. I, Holland's, uh, Netherlands have been one of my favorite teams to watch. Um, the board's tactics are definitely conservative, but they still work as long as they're the right players. Uh, that country does love them. I think they'll have success, but I do think the team will play a style of football that won't be as attractive as it's been. And, and in sports, it is entertainment. I don't think we'll be as entertained, but he might get them some third place finishes. Maybe a second place, you know? I don't know if I'll be super excited to watch him though. So I'm a, I'm a yellow card there. And I'm also I'm still holding against him what he did to Atlanta. I'm still, I can't believe he burnt that place down. <laughs> so, I'm still mad about it. So. Burnt the place down and got a national team job. Look at him. <laughs> but, uh, hey, if you, but hey, if you're Atlanta, you know, that's a good track record. Like Tata left, got the Mexico job. Deborah left, got the Netherlands job. Hey, next manager, if you want a national team job, yeah, come to Atlanta. <laughs> yeah. I'll give it a yellow card. I think, you know, him being a, a, a soccer legend for his home country, he's always going to get an opportunity back home. Um, he's going to have a, uh, I don't want to say better Rolodex of players, but he's going to have a player, a group of players that understand his kind of style. Um, his Dutch, even though it's a conservative, conservative, it's still like a Dutch style um, when you break it down. Um, he was successful at Ajax, um, the home country. Um, even though it's club level, so hopefully he could be successful at the national team level. Um, I think I think he's going to do well. Uh, right now, you got a good pool of talent for the Dutch, and he doesn't have to be with them every day. So I think his players won't get annoyed with his tactics or his overbearing style. Um, I know if he doesn't do well, Mourinho's going to be up in his up in his grill, <laughs> and also a couple of Atlanta fans. But I think he'll do all right. He got Euros, and depending on how he does, World Cup as well. So we'll see. He could probably get himself back on track too. Yeah, I'm interested to see uh, how that goes. You know, best of luck to him. He seemed like <laughs> a cool dude, but he just yeah. kind of buzz killed our team. So yeah. it's tough when you got to follow Tata. You know, Tata is like it's it's tough to follow that. Yeah. I mean, if I feel like you right. could have did it, like a better job than burning it down. Like you could have, man, went in there and just shackled everybody. I am actually hurt. I'm not even an Atlanta fan. I'm so hurt about it. I like watching those games. And let's, let's move on to the next one. I'm hurt. I'm hurt right now. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So last one. No card, yellow card, red card. Luis Suarez is accused of cheating on his Italian exam. So for context, Luis, Luis Suarez had to take an exam to get an Italian passport so that he could transfer to <laughs> a Serie A team, right? So he's been accused of cheating on said exam. Um, what are your thoughts? And he's not even going to the team? No. <laughs> yeah, that's the funny thing, too. 
Uh, well, Suarez is a born cheater. As much as I hate him, <laughs> I kind of respect him because he's a baller, though, and that's just like his style. Like he's willing to die on the field and sacrifice. He'll like, you know, rob his own family to like make sure he gets a win. So I can respect that. Uh, but yeah, red cards. Like, what, what what do you need to cheat for? Yeah, yeah. I say same thing. Red card. It's very on brand for him. But we gotta respect <laughs> what he's doing. Uh, didn't he end up at uh, Atletico? Is that where he's at? Yeah, he's going to Atletico. Yeah. yeah. So I feel like to me it's a red card because you you cheat it and still didn't make it work out. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. it's like the same thing. Like the handball on the line. Like like he just became a villain. The bite. Like he just he just does the most. So this is adding to his little Rolodex of shenanigans, uh, or red card. <laughs> yeah. But yo, Suarez, Simeone, and Costa, imagine the violence over there at Atleti <laughs> coming up, man. Like, the level of violence just increased. I feel bad massively. for yeah, I feel bad for uh, <laughs> defenders. Oh, you just get bodied. It's just, I'm going to yeah. tune in just for the carnage. With Jao Felix underneath, too? Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, it should be exciting. Um, so, it's something kind of something kind of new that we've done at the beginning of the Premier League season this year. Um, so, since week one, we've we've kind of did our match predictions. So, we're going to do our match predictions now for uh, Premier League week three. Uh, I'm only going to cover the the big six teams in the Premier League. Um, so, we'll run it down, get you guys predictions of who do you think will win. So, we have Brighton and Man United. First up. Man U win. Yeah. I missed their, their first game, but I would say Man U. Yeah. You gotta have a bounce back game. Okay. I mean it is Brighton. You got you but yeah. you got your boy Tariq Lampley out there balling out. Yeah, Brighton. Yeah. Hey, they can sneak up. They'll sneak up and do something good, but I think overall the structure of Man U will, will overwhelm them. And it'll be like a simple like two nil. But Okay, next up we got West Brom and Chelsea. I already know what Moby going to say. Yeah, you don't even have to ask me. Go on, Chelsea. Yeah. They're going to do work. I'm excited to see. Uh, are you guys having Pulisic back this week or the next week? That's like a... I think next week. Next week? Okay. Yeah. Uh, Chelsea will win this game, but I'm excited to see them integrate him back in. Now that they gave him the 10, like they actually want him to be that person. I want to see what it looks like. Just that mentality unlock all the way. Y'all, y'all. And we finally got our goalie too. Huh. Mm-hmm. What a transfer. So, so with Pulisic wearing 10, is he going to play centrally now or is it just symbolic? No, nah, it's symbolic. He's just going to play at that left winger role. Yeah. All right. Bet. All right. Next up, we got Tottenham Newcastle. I already know what Ty's going to say. As a Spud fan. Yeah, we have to win because <laughs> I can't do another another loss this uh, early season. So we are going to win just because we have to. Yeah, I think, yeah, Tottenham, uh, with all the new signings, uh, yeah, you guys are going to win. Okay. Yeah. We got Man City, Leicester. That's always a fun game. That's always a fun game, man. Um, I'm going to say 2 2 drop. Oh. Nah, Man City's winning that. Especially, and did he still play in center back? I don't know why he's been playing there. Uh, but yeah, Man City's going with that. Okay. And in prime time, last game, Monday Night Football, we got Liverpool, Arsenal. 
This one's gonna be a good one. I think Arsenal takes it. I'm not even gonna lie to you. As much as I don't want to say it, I think Arsenal takes it. It's a good take. Yeah, because Liverpool's been looking shaky. Uh, they, I don't know if they're tired or they like got like winter's fatigue or whatever is going on over there. They're tired. Yeah. They're tired. Uh, I'm gonna go for another draw though. I'm gonna say I'm gonna say a one-one draw. Yeah. Yeah, Liverpool is still dangerous, no matter what it is. And we got to go to Anfield, so. You yeah, know. Anfield with no fans, though. True. Oh. It's a toss-up. But you know, you already know what my pick is. So. Yeah. <laughs> In Arteta, we trust. In Arteta, we trust. There it is. All right, and that's it. That's, a, that's all for this week. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, that's our show for this week. Uh, thanks, Tyler, for coming on. Friend of the family. Family of the show. I said friend of the family. I don't know if that is uh, like a, 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 a phrase, but yeah, subscribe, rate, and review. It helps us get discovered. Follow us on the socials at Two Cents FC. Check out our merch at Two Cents Sports.shop. It helps support the show. As you can see, L's rocking the hat. We got the scarf. We got the pins. Uh, we got some other merch uh, coming in soon. Um, and then tweet us your comments on the show and any topics you want me or L to discuss. Uh, you know, we don't we don't hold back. Anything you guys want us to discuss, we discuss it. No bias, except when it comes to Arsenal and Chelsea. So, catch you guys later. Peace. Peace.